Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Just get out there and do your first transaction. I think I was really hesitant when I started in real estate to pull the trigger. And I can't imagine my life if I hadn't have done that. Best ever listeners, we have launched bestevercauses.com. That's bestevercauses.com. We profile a nonprofit or a cause that is near and dear to our heart. Get the word out about their cause and also donate money towards their cause. If you'd like to... One, learn more about the causes that we're profiling. We do one a month. Then go to bestevercauses.com. And if you want to suggest a cause that we profile that is near and dear to your heart, then go to bestevercauses.com. And there's a little form at the bottom of the page where you can submit one and we'll check it out. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Darren Voros. How you doing, Darren? I'm doing great, Joe. Great to be on the show. Hey, I'm glad to hear it and welcome and happy you're on the show. A little bit about Darren. He is a co-founder of Care House Properties, Inc., and they do affordable senior housing. They are focused on creating investment opportunities around the growing demographic of seniors who need fully accessible, barrier-free, and technologically smart rental options. He's based in Toronto, Canada. So with that being said, Darren, will you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Yeah, I started in real estate back in 2002. I spent 2001 in Japan. I worked over at Universal Studios in Osaka, Japan. I came back from that year over there and I had a little bit of money saved and I didn't know what to do exactly with that money, but I knew I wanted to buy a piece of property. So I ended up going back to my hometown, which is Red Deer, Alberta, and I bought my first house. And basically from there, kind of got the idea that real estate investing was something that I was interested in as I saw that property value grow and I had tenants in that property and essentially I was able to add other properties to my portfolio over the next couple of years and that kind of snowballed into getting into a little bit more sophisticated investing I would say. I really started to focus a lot more on the numbers versus my first efforts which were more trial and error. And as I got into real estate investing, I realized that it was something that I was really passionate about. And so over the last couple of years, it's been my full-time job and I'm working on my portfolio. And now I've sort of branched into some other large scale opportunities like the one we just talked about where we're looking at seniors housing and some unique opportunities. So what type of senior housing projects has your company invested in already? 
Well, we're actually just on the verge of doing our first couple of deals. So we have a property we have under contract, which is a not yet built 51 unit residential complex. We have a land development deal that we are under a contract with. We do have some other small scale single opportunity properties. Essentially, we've got a, a property that we don't do seniors housing out of. We work with a healthcare company though, and we do a group home out of the single family dwelling just north of Toronto. So we purchase the property and we lease it back to the healthcare company and they run a group home out of it. And they have three individuals in there that have autism and they have a full staff that lives in the house 24-7 with them. So that was kind of the model that we started with. And then we started to branch into some of the larger scale opportunities that we're working on now, more focused on seniors than developmental disabilities. So the group home model where you leased it back to the healthcare company evolved into what you have under contract now. Is that correct? Yeah, we just, not that we don't want to do more of those properties, but we really saw a significant need in the seniors market and we wanted to do that on a little bit larger scale. So that's why we started looking at how we can get into some bigger buildings and some large scale developments. You mentioned you have a 51 unit residential complex under contract. That's right. Yeah. So that's not yet built. That'll be the fully 100% accessible barrier-free building. It's a standard like three and a half story walk up with 51 residential units and 3,000 square feet of commercial space. It's not yet built. So are you developing it? Yeah, we are. So we have uh, come into an agreement to purchase the land and the land is permit ready, essentially. So the building is ready to go, ready to construct. We have our construction team in place, ready to build in the fall of this year. And why the fall of this year versus today? (laughs) That's just to get our financing in order, to get our investors settled, that type of uh, thing. We basically have until the end of August to remove conditions on the project. And then essentially we would have another 30 days beyond that to have the bank financing put in place. And then we would start construction in September, October. Okay, cool. So you agreed to terms with the owner of the raw land, and now you're in the process of obtaining debt financing with a lender and equity financing with private investors. Exactly, yeah. And have you done ground-up development before? Not on this scale. I'm building a purpose-built triplex right now, but nothing of this. Uh, that, And then I'm personally building it. Uh, I'm a contractor <laughs> as well. So um, I'm not going to go and build the uh, 51 unit by myself, that's for sure. So how did you put a team in place where you're in the process of raising money and also securing debt so that you qualify in the eyes of the lenders and the private investors? Yeah, I belong to a network of investors in Canada here. It's called Keyspire, and essentially we will put this opportunity out to the Keyspire network, who are all real estate investors themselves, and we'll raise the funds through the network, and then we can then go to the bank, essentially, and they'll have to offer guarantees on the loan, but essentially that's what the bank's looking for in terms of getting financing in place. So that network is very valuable, clearly, if you can just go to them and they fund. I imagine if... The most you have been a general partner on will be this triplex and nothing to your words, nothing of this scale of 51 unit. They're going to want other team members who do have that track record. So first off, is that a correct assumption? Absolutely. That's correct. Who did you bring in who has that experience and how do you partner with them? 
We have some people in our network that have some significant experience in this type of investing. And, and essentially, the opportunity, I think, kind of speaks for itself. I think people are excited about seniors housing and the opportunity that it has over the long term. So we've got some high net worth individuals who have a significant track record, significant portfolios behind them that will put up those guarantees that the bank is looking for in order to feel secure in lending on this type of project. And how do roles and responsibilities get divvied up among the general partners? Yeah, so my business partner, Carolina, and I, we will be the general partners on this transaction, and then the investors will come in as limited partners. What's your business partner's name? Carolina. Carolina. And does Carolina have the development experience? No, she doesn't have development experience on the scale of this. Uh, we do have an advisor that's been working with us. He's been a great coach to us, and he's been in development for 32 years. Got it. And is that advisor on the general partnership side? He's actually a partner on a couple of the other opportunities that I was speaking about. We've got a land development opportunity that he's actually taking a lead on, and we are CareHouse is coming in as the sort of financing arm under his company. So we'll work with our investment network. He'll be the lead on it. And that one is a 60-unit sort of ground-oriented seniors development. Think of it like a community-style living that has a, and actually an old uh, repurposed school. We purchased the school and 10 acres of land surrounding the school. Oh, wow. uh, but yeah, the school will serve as a central hub for the residents around the area. So it'll have a, a restaurant, a pharmacy, some clinical space, and then the six units will be surrounding on the 10 acres of land. They'll all be ground-oriented, single-story units, about five to 600 square feet per unit, and all will be barrier-free and 100% accessible. That's incredible. you got a lot of projects going on. It's pretty exciting. With it's been the, a busy time. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet. Just so I'm understanding correctly, so the 51-unit, you and Carolina are general partners. You have other individuals in your network who will be signing on the loan, but they will not be general partners, but they have that experience. So basically, you and Carolina, the only GPs, everyone else, LPs, which includes the high net worth individuals who are signing on the loan, guaranteeing the loan, they're still limited partners. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. So I guess the comfort level from an experience standpoint comes from the individuals who have done this before, they are signing on the loan. So you're telling your limited partners, hey, we haven't done this size of project before, but so-and-so has, and they are so confident in it that they're signing on the loan. Yeah, and I'll put up a personal guarantee as well, and so will Carolina. So we will have some equity in the project. So that'll help with the lending criteria. But yeah, that's essentially what you just mentioned is exactly the way that it's kind of going down. We're still in contact with the bank on a regular basis and they're sort of feeling us out. We're feeling them out. So they may ask to switch up the structure a little bit. Like we may end up going with a shareholders agreement, something like that. It really depends on how they want to see this moving forward. And what compensation is typical for compensating a high net worth individual who has that experience to sign on the loan? What we've offered is a 70% equity share. So 70% equity, 70% cash flow of the investment. For not putting their own money in the deal, but rather just signing on the loan? Yeah, they will have some capital in the transaction as well. 
but that would be in addition to. So they have capital in a transaction. That's one thing. And then separately, they're signing on the loan and adding that experience and get personal guarantee. So that's added value. So for that added value, they receive the additional 70%. That's right. Yeah. Cool. Cool. And I asked this question because a lot of listeners are looking to scale up. And it's really fascinating what you are doing for how you're able to scale and get these projects under contract and structuring the deal so that while you're bringing others along with you, so what the compensation is would be very helpful for a lot of people. Absolutely. It's been a big learning curve for me too. I, you know, it's like I say, this is something that's been new, this style of investing for sure. So there's been a lot of time and effort going back and forth with investors, with the, the, with the lenders to really understand the structure. The mentor that you mentioned, who's got 30 plus years of development experience, how did you get introduced to that person? (laughs) We were doing some research in Ottawa and in Ottawa, they allow coach homes or laneway housing, essentially. In Ontario, they are really pushing urbanization. They want to be able to have more municipalities adding basement suites and coach houses and laneway housing to increase density, essentially. So they've allowed coach homes in Ottawa. We were doing some research. We were looking at buying a property and adding a coach home to the back. So that's a a secondary unit basically on the property, 500 to 600 square feet. It's a completely separate living unit. And we reached out to him because he builds these exclusively. And we started talking about this opportunity. And he started telling us about some of the projects that he's working on. And with the senior's idea in mind and him talking about this fully accessible unit that could be quadded and turned into an eightplex, something like that with common walls, that was sort of how the conversation started and it just evolved into the partnership that we have now. Based on your experience as a real estate investor, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? I think it's to just get out there and do your first transaction. I think I was really hesitant when I started in real estate to pull the trigger. And I can't imagine my life if I hadn't have done that. I think it's easy to sit on the sidelines and look at what's possible. But I think it's really important to just get into the real estate game and watch that portfolio grow over years and years, which has been a very beneficial thing for me. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Best ever listeners, we have launched bestevercauses.com. That's bestevercauses.com. We profile a nonprofit or a cause that is near and dear to our heart, get the word out about their cause, and also donate money towards their cause. If you'd like to, one, learn more about the causes that we're profiling, we do one a month, then go to bestevercauses.com. And if you want to suggest a cause that we profile that is near and dear to your heart, then go to bestevercauses.com. And there's a little form at the bottom of the page where you can submit one and we'll check it out. Adam Adams has one of the most active meetup groups in the world. I've personally been to one of his meetups and Adam packed that house with over 80 investors at lunch and another 60 on the waiting list. Find out the exact six things he did to create one of the top meetups on the planet by texting the word meetup to 555-888. Best ever book you've read? Think and Grow Rich. What's the best ever deal you've done that we have not talked about already? Probably my principal residence that I live in in Toronto. I bought this house. It was a single family dwelling set up as three illegal apartments. I bought it for 395 
$1,000 11 years ago. I put $300,000 into it and turned it into a legal triplex, added a third story, and it's now worth about $1.6 million. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction? I had a property under contract about a year ago, and I knew it was a great deal. I own a property right around the corner, and I just started second-guessing it, whether I wanted to add this property to my portfolio. We had negotiated a great deal. We got the sellers down probably what we thought was about $20,000 under market value. And at the last minute, we just decided it wasn't what we were sort of looking for in terms of a property and, and transaction. We walked away. The next day, they had two offers in a bidding war. It went for $25,000 over what we had secured it for. And I was sort of kicking myself and not moving forward on it. If presented a similar situation, what things would you look for in the future that would change your approach for the next deal? I think just in real estate, the numbers never lie. So when you see a good deal on paper and you know, especially in that scenario, I knew that neighborhood, I knew the type of tenant profile that I was going to be looking at. I think that it was just a matter of just moving forward and really trusting your gut instincts because that's really what I was sort of second guessing. Best ever way you like to give back? I like to teach as much as I can. I travel across the country speaking to investors, but I also love to work with rescue organizations that help foster pets. We have a rescue dog that I got about a year and a half ago, and anytime I can give back to that organization, it's been such a great experience for me. And then I always tell people if they can adopt and not shop, it's a great way to do it. And how can the best ever listeners learn more about what you got going on and get in touch with you? our website, carehouse.ca, or they can email me at darren at carehouse.ca, or they can call me at 416-540-6645. Darren, thank you so much for being on the show talking about the evolution of your business and how you are bringing in partners to take it to another level and how you're showing alignment of interest in the guarantees as well as putting your own money in the deal and how you're structuring that with investors. So really appreciate that. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Joe. Adam Adams has one of the most active meetup groups in the world. I've personally been to one of his meetups and Adam packed that house with over 80 investors at lunch and another 60 on the waiting list. Find out the exact six things he did to create one of the top meetups on the planet by texting the word meetup to 555-888.